Hello and welcome to Gabagoolinate. My name is Wes Dawson. So Gabagoolinate is an eclectic and exciting podcast described by my contemporaries as an educational tool and something that has changed the very foundation of the podcast world. So if you're listening to a new episode, that means it is hump day, Wednesdays, new episodes every week. And, uh, you know, as we call here, the old bang zone of the week, the big dirty Wednesdays. So this week is special as I will be opening up the vault and letting you in on little hidden content within the Gabagool archives of something I've been working on over the past few years. Now, unbeknownst to my nanny, I have a Rubbermaid bin underneath my bed, chock full of quality porno from the 90s. But right beside that is a little brown folder containing various movie pitches, sketches, and many self-nude portraits that I've worked on over the past few years. So for this week's episode, The Pitch, I will be selecting one of my more fleshed out screenplays and we'll be going through that sort of a brief overview. We don't really have time in eight minutes to go through every single page of my 10,000 page screenplay, but we will certainly be touching on some of the highlights. So I'm a bit of a film aficionado myself. I enjoy the arts. I enjoy watching different types of films. But one thing I've been tired of seeing lately is too many reboots. Like how many times can I fucking watch King Kong? All right, the answer is three, but that is more than enough. So now either it's a shameless reboot or it's a good franchise that they're on like their 10th installment of it. And then some scandal blows that franchise right out of the water. Thanks a lot, Amber Heard. So this screenplay, which doesn't have an official title yet, it's still uh, a work in progress, it was originally going to be a sports movie. It's supposed to be detailing my budding career as a young baseball prospect. Yes, a little known fact about myself. So it was called The Skid Row Kid. And no, it wasn't about the ungodly mess that my mother would have to scrub out of my uniform after every game, but rather the trademark slide into home plate that I would do. The mess in my uniform was just a disgusting coincidence. Then it slowly kind of evolved into like a coming-of-age movie about a boy who travels back in time to bully himself. Uh, And then it turned a bit into like a love story between a handsome podcast host and his own reflection. Ultimately, I cut all the fat out. I ended up with maybe my most groundbreaking story ever. So much of my work are just sort of rough drafts and raw ideas. This is really the most concise and fleshed out project I've worked on. I hope you like it. So let's get into it. Obviously, the opening scene, the intro, we're going to set the stage, build some of the characters, and, you know, set up some of the talking points to avoid confusion later on in the film. So our story begins with a troubled young man searching for answers. No cliches to be found. So he ends up finding a talking salamander who tells him he won't find his answers on this earthly plane, and thus his adventure begins. No, wait, uh, scrap the talking salamander thing. That's from a different fictional story, not this one, sorry. It was a floating head that told him he will need to explore new regions of space and time in order to find the answers he seeks. You know, he lives kind of a mundane life. He works at a pro bono veterinary clinic. And unfortunately, the fact that they work non-profit, they have a very low budget. So basically, his job entails him standing in place and throwing either solid right hooks or haymakers at these poor little animals waiting to be put down because they can't afford the anesthesia. Later on in the film, we're going to learn how our protagonist has emerged from a traumatic childhood. His father was raped by a murderer and his mother murdered by a rapist. Then there's going to be like a vampire, werewolves or something, or maybe zombies. I guess those are a little bit more relevant. Uh, You know, depends as to when I wrote this and when it will actually go into production. 
Um, you know what, actually we're going to swap that out for just a horde of apathetic teenagers kind of lazily shuffle dancing through a busy intersection. So the first plot twist. And of course this plot twist involves animals because what hit film doesn't have like an animal sidekick of some type. So while unearthing details of his family's past, he discovers that his own brother is actually a Bonobo chimp. And now the plot thickens. So realizing that everything he's learned about women, he learned from his older brother, who is in fact just a fucking glorified monkey. His entire view of the world has now changed, and he wonders if he ever truly knew what love was. You know, the idea of this was to try and harken back to, like, the Clint Eastwood 60s, 70s films. You know, like, every second movie he had had to have a fucking orangutan in it. Anyway, it did good for him. I think it's time we bring that back. So, obviously, sex sells. You know, I'm not Steven Spielberg. You know, I'm a little more current than that. So, we're going to get a bit of sex in there somewhere. Basically, he's going to find out about halfway through the film he needs to have sex with himself in order to save the world. Turns out that Ashton Kutcher is hosting some kind of weird punk through time and space. And he has the choice of either cloning himself and having sex with himself or traveling back in time and having sex with himself from a different timeline. Just a little side note, I'm wondering, is it gay to have sex with your own clone or with yourself from a different time? Because, you know, I think I would really surprise myself. I'd be a complete gentleman. I would take it slow. I'd let myself know that I'm invested in the long run and I really want to get to know myself and I'm not just there for the sex. You know, though I'm sure it would be great, I'd let myself know that is not my pure focus. I'm really there to get to know myself on a spiritual level. I would treat myself right. You know, I'd be sensual, purposeful. God, I would blow my own goddamn mind. Okay, now we're getting a little off topic. So the second plot twist of the film. He then finds out that if his nephew's little league team doesn't win the series, their field is going to be demolished. So it's kind of... It's got kind of that like angels in the outfield feel good moment to it, except somehow he manages to summon a team of bloodthirsty hell beasts to help out instead. You know, there's a prolonged battle sequence, the third plot twist, ooh, now the love interest is going to start mixing into this. So finally, after fending off the horrific hell spawn that he had summoned to help win his nephew's little league game, his heart is ready to love again. Realizing that Bonobo, human, monkey, orangutan, love is love. Life is love, Dom is life, Dom is love. Okay, so let, let's just keep going. So the next plot point, I'm not really sure what it's for. I'm trying to make sense of it now as I read it. Uh, basically, the movie kind of swerves into the storyline of the new Space Jam movie. And you know, I had written this long before the sequel to the 1996 classic was announced. And oddly, my version sucks just as bad as the actual new Space Jam. Go figure. So a couple other random script notes. Uh, well, first off, it was to work out my legal disputes with Mac the Wolfhound. I'd like to clear the cameo I have in there. I don't want to have to do, like, a Henry Cavill Justice League thing and have to, like, you know, CGI out all the fur off his body. And I want to get some robots in there. You know, I'm not sure how. I just, I, I want to have, like, Hugh Jackman teach, like, a sex robot how to box in some, like, heartwarming fashion. And finally, to secure a John Cusack cameo. I don't care how much it costs. Everybody loves John Cusack. So finally, we're nearing the conclusion of the film. And of course, for the ending sequence, we find out our protagonist was sleeping all along. He wakes up and it was all a dream. Because if there's one thing everybody loves, it's investing 90 minutes of their time, paying to watch a film or television show, and then finding out that it was all just conveniently a dream sequence and that all the hardships and struggles and effectively any valuable life lesson that the protagonist had learned were all fucking useless. 
Well, I hope you all enjoyed this journey. Basically, this spoiler for the next Hollywood hit that we had went through this episode. It was a lot of fun for me. So before we close out this week's episode, how's about some upcoming topics for next week? Well, first, I will start a GoFundMe to try and get this project into production. After that, I will take a handful of Ambien and see how well I can drive a motor vehicle. And for the end of the month, I will detail basically the Snyder Cut of the film that we have just discussed, where it's just shy of about five and a half hours long. It will be a treat. So thank you so much for listening. My name is Wes Dawson. This has been Gabagool and 8. Please listen, like, share, and subscribe. And just remember, if you wash your hands thoroughly enough, no one will know where that finger has been. <laughs>